0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Shaking and Crying. It is the 13th episode for this May the 2nd of 2018. My name is Rob Roberts and I'm Arya Snark, but you can call me Victoria
1: if you're nasty. Thanks for checking out our show dedicated to geek culture, pop culture,
0: and me begrudgingly pausing my Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery game to record this fucking podcast. So so you're into that game. Huh? Is that is that the reason why we haven't had a podcast for 2 weeks? <laughs>
1: That and I'm lazy. Although, before we get into the podcast itself, yeah. um, I would like to extend a very warm congratulations to one of our very best squirrel friends. Bitch, you beat um, me to it. <laughs> ah, I win. Um, so our, our one of our very, very good friends and listener, uh, Melody, uh, popped out a kid this morning. Early, early, early this morning. So we are very, very happy for her and her husband, Mel um they had a little girl named charlotte and these nerd asses named her Jin after Jin urso um which makes me love them even more so very warm congratulations to both of
0: you i actually i didn't since i i've fallen behind on my star wars i didn't even recognize the middle name at first because i i i I knew what the first name was going to be i i got told a while ago yay uh but um i didn't know what the middle name was going to be and so i asked well what's the full name and you know also, sometimes parents change their mind at the last minute. So I was kinda like, Did you did you keep the name that you know you'd mentioned before? And they said yes, and that they went with Jin. I was like, I, I don't get oh, that's very pretty. Where's it from? She said Star Wars and I was like, This bitch <laughs>
1: Although I'm like, mm, Jin kind of, you know, explodes at the end of her movie, so <laughs> Oh my god, spoilers. <laughs> well, it's been out for over a year, bitch. It's
0: your own fault. Why don't you why don't you ruin all of Infinity War while you're at it?
1: I, I didn't even see Infinity Wars, but I read all the spoilers because I was so sick and tired of everybody going, Oh my god, no spoilers, but Infinity Wars was so good. Like, okay, okay, shut the fuck up. What happened?
0: So did I. And I, so, I read it all too because here's the thing. I wanted to spoil myself. I did not want somebody to have that power to spoil me. So, yeah,
1: it's like a controlled. It's a controlled thing. Yes. I get it.
0: Yeah, like I am in the mindset. And like it honestly doesn't ruin movies for me to know what happens. It really doesn't.
1: And I'm not super into the MCU, so it's like... I, you know, it's I, I'm way behind on all of my Marvel Cinematic Universe films. I've seen um, I've seen the first Avengers movie. I've seen the first Captain America movie. I've seen the first Thor movie. I've seen both Guardians of the Galaxies. And I've seen Black Panther. And that's it.
0: I've seen so, less than you. I've se- I saw Avengers. I saw Iron Man 1 and 2.
1: See, I haven't seen Iron Man because I fucking hate Gwyneth Paltrow.
0: Um, I don't care for her either, but I don't know. I, I suffered through it. Um, I felt like I saw one other Marvel movie too, and I can't remember what it was like, but I'm not, I'm not a hater. I promise. Like, you know, there are certain things in this world that I hate, but like Marvel's not one of them. And I understand why people get super into it. And, you know, I'm all for nerdy passions. It's just one of those things where it's like, once you start to realize like how far behind you are on Marvel movies, it's, it's very daunting to feel like you've got to catch up. And it, it seems like. This movie that just came out, I could be wrong, but it really seems like it's like a a buffet and a rapid list of like every other every person that's been in every movie. Right. And it's like, I'm not going to get it if I haven't seen the other movies.
1: Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of also been the, the reason why I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't care. Um, I want to I wanted to see it, but I don't know. Like, it's it's also starting to become, like, a Hamilton kind of thing where everyone's, like, fucking jizzing their pants over it and talking about it incessantly, and that's just killing it for me. Mm. Um, You know, like, I understand why people like Hamilton. I understand why people like, you know, Infinity Wars and all that. But at the same time, I'm just like, shut the fuck up
0: <laughs> like, some, like like sometimes the hype machine can kind of choke things out right
1: yeah the hype machine definitely has a tendency to kill things it's like okay i get it we're all really excited and we're all very like
0: okay this is so good
1: i have a friend on facebook who has seen fucking infinity wars eight times already wow yeah
0: i have a friend and that's he- seen love simon over 30
1: Wow. Okay. That's when we're going to start. Uh, we're going to hang up the uh, How I Met Your Mother intervention banner.
0: Well, I, I asked if they engraved his name in the seat. But, you know, people, you know what? As, as somebody who's seen Rocky Horror Picture Show like 500 plus times, like okay, I have no room different. to talk. different. I know it is different, but at the same time, like, I also like, I understand what it is to be like super affected by a movie. So, like, I'm not going to, like, of course I'm going to make fun because that's what friends do. But at the same time, I'm not going to like, you know, like be all like, you're Kinda crazy. Tease, but not yeah. judge. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I don't I don't judge. People, like, when I was young, I watched Clue on VHS every day for an entire summer. So, you know, you connect with these. You know what? Let me transition to this, because speaking into, like, fangirl things, so, like, it's actually kind of good we've had a few days, so I can kind of process this information, because, <laughs> because <laughs> you know what's coming, bitch. Uh-huh. Everybody has been asking me, have you heard about abba doing their first song in 35 years and first of all why yes i've heard i I have access to the internet and it tells me a lot of things but (laughs) (laughs) at the same time i appreciate that when people think of abba they think about me like i super like i appreciate that and i love it and i i have to be honest i have mixed feelings about the whole abba thing victoria I mean, like, I'm super excited that they're getting back together, but there is a part of me that's like, that train done left the station a long time ago. You know, like, the time for a reunion was when the first movie came out, you know, or even when the Broadway play started taking off. And I understand they all have their issues, and maybe it was one of those things where they finally got together in a room, and it just, like, it just fucking happened. Like, you know, like... When two people who swore they would never sleep together again, like, did it anyway, it was like, I don't know how that happened, but it just happened. Yeah. And that's kind of what the ABBA reunion is. Um, But I'm worried that the songs aren't going to be good. (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) – and I feel horrible. I feel like a horrible fan for saying that. And, you know, if Benny and Bjorn wrote them again, I'm sure they'll be – I'm sure they'll be great because they they wrote all the other old songs. But, you know, like – uh, here's the thing, like, you look at other bands that are still together and rocking in their 70s, like Fleetwood Mac, right? They can still kick ass when they're not, like, you know, kicking each other out of the band and stuff. They still kick <laughs> a lot of ass. But that's because Stevie Nicks has been working nonstop ever since the 70s, right? Yeah. And everybody in that band. Uh, same thing with Cher. Cher has been working nonstop. She did, like, seven farewell tours, and she still isn't stopping. Um these people aren't out of practice. And I realize that, you know, especially with Benny Bjorn, they have still been writing and writing and all that stuff. Agnetha and Anne Freed, they've they've, they, they kind of have like that solo album here and there that they'll put out, but they, they don't really tour. They don't really do a lot of that stuff. So I, I'm kind of like, I feel like they might be out of practice a little bit. So maybe this is just me setting the expectations really low. So I won't be disappointed. Whereas, like, secretly inside, I'm actually, like, screaming at the top of my lungs. Because ABBA is, like, really important to me.
1: I almost had to get the vapors on Friday.
0: Oh, for when real? When
1: I was for you. I was like, I have to get the vapors. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where's the fainting couch?
0: <laughs> Where's the smelling salts? Fetch me the smelling salts. Yeah, I
1: was like, oh, my God. I could hear Rob, like, flailing from <laughs> all the way from L.A. <laughs>
0: Well, here's the thing, okay? So we talk about, like, connecting to movies and things like that. And sometimes, like, everybody kind of likes what they like, right? So I think a big part of what probably plays into why I love ABBA so much is my connection with the movie Muriel's Wedding. Like, Oh, and I you you're know, terrible, Muriel. Oh, I shit you not. I... Love that movie so much. And I've probably lost track of times of how many times I saw that. Now, granted, I didn't have the luxury of really being able to go out and see it in the theater because I understand this movie was really big in Australia and it kind of has like its own place in Australian culture. But if we happen to have anybody in Australia listening, keep in mind that movie over here was kind of seen as just like this little art house movie about a girl that listens to ABBA from Australia. It's kind of like what it was. But, like, when when I watched it, like, I – girl, like, I could get deep on this. Like, I – especially in that time of my life in college when I was really struggling with, like, coming out and everything that happened there. Like, I totally got what it was for Muriel to be like, I'm leaving my hometown. I'm going to this other place, and I'm going to assume this identity of this person that I'm not really because this is the only way that I can fight my depression sometimes. Like, there's a lot of parallels there. Like, again, I don't mean to take this to, like, a deep, dark place. But, like, there's things in that movie that, like, super resonate with me. So, like, when she kind of, like, would lock herself in a room and listen to ABBA songs to make her happy, like, I kind of got that. Like, maybe it wasn't always ABBA at the time. It was more like Alanis Morissette and the things I used to stand in high school. But then that, that kind of grew into ABBA. Like, Muriel's Wedding kind of, like, tuned, tuned me on a little more to ABBA. Like, I already knew of ABBA from high school and stuff, but then I, like, really started listening to their albums in length and and all that stuff, and I just—I really fell in love because ABBA songs really do have this way of just, like, making you feel good, even when they're really fucking sad. Like, their last album, The Visitors, is, like, one of the saddest, darkest pop albums I've ever heard— because that was when cuz y'all know they were fucking each other in Abba, right? Like oh yeah. they were the two were married and then they were like dating the other two instead like it was it was like it was it was like uh sister wives before that was like accepted as a reality television show. So um that album The Visitors is super dark, but I love it. I highly recommend it. Like if we, if we don't have another homework assignment this week, I would say your homework assignment is to go listen to The Visitors by ABBA and, like, really listen to the lyrics and try not to cry.
1: Stop bumming our listeners out, Rob. We I'm... started on such a happy note with Melody's baby, <laughs> and now you're, like, going down the dark and scary fucking fork in the road.
0: <laughs> what can I say? I'm bummed
1: out now. Jesus Christ.
0: What can I say? I'm just the Debbie Downer of this party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wah wah.
0: Okay, wait. Uh, you you went to Disneyland, right? Disney's always a happy thing. Tell me about your Disney. But I always go to Disneyland. Yeah, but you you went with the other listeners of this show.
1: Oh, I did. I went with Stephen and Jarrett. Um, two of my favorite people
0: in the whole wide world. Will you explain? Um, will you explain the in joke about why you keep posting about boxes?
1: Okay, so. We were talking uh we were like trying to figure out what we wanted to do for the rest of the day cuz you know once you go to Disneyland as much as I do you kind of done everything and you have to make entertainment for yourself. So we um we were looking at the Disneyland app to see where like what characters were available for meet and greets because with our annual passes um with the photographers who have like the photo pass stuff like we can get those pictures for free like so the pictures they take in the park and like ride photos and stuff I get all that for free. Um, so uh, we saw at the Princess Fantasy Fair. We were like, "Oh, let's see who's there." And it was supposed to be Snow White. It was supposed to be Snow White and Cinderella and Ariel. And we're like, "Oh yeah, cool, let's go do that." And so, um, we were like on our way over there, and we were just laughing about how like how much like we all hate Snow White because of her stupid, irritating voice, and there was this big old long joke about um how Steve and Jarrett went with. Uh, a couple other friends of ours to Florida a few years ago, and in a very hungover uh, breakfast that they all had with the princesses, Snow White came up to the table and was like, Nobody what do you folks have planned for the rest of the day?" <laughs> and Steve just looks at her and goes, "Drinking." <laughs> and she goes, "Warm milk?" And he goes, "Honey, it's gonna be warm, but it's not gonna be milk." And then she like <laughs> ran away from the table. <laughs> And so that kind of started this whole thing about how, like, we like to try to make the face characters break character. <laughs> and so we did we talked about this whole big old long backstory and I we were going to go, you know, talk to Snow White and be like, you know, about 80 years ago or so, your stepmother borrowed a box from me. Um, I don't know what she was going to use it for, but it has like a heart on it with a dagger through it. And um, you know, and she also borrowed my grandfather's hunting knife, and I just I haven't, I haven't gotten my box back. I just bought my box, <laughs> and like it's really stupid and just like stupid shit. But like it made me and Stephen Jarrett laugh so fucking much. And well, um, the, the
0: drinking warm milk, quote unquote, probably had something to do with it.
1: Yeah, like, you know, we were just laughing funny. about how, like, you know, we want—I just want my box back—and how the the Evil Queen is heartless and all of these things, and um, and then we went and did the the stupid meet and greet and fucking and fucking Snow White wasn't there; it was Aurora instead. <laughs> but um, we ended up uh, making Ariel break character, which was really funny. Where I was talking to one of the one of the like their their handlers and. I was like, Oh yeah, I make dresses. And so like, I was like looking at Ariel's dress and how it was constructed and I was like, Oh, it's really pretty. And you know, I make dresses. So I'm always interested in looking at these girls dresses and seeing how they're made and stuff. And so then Ariel like heard me say that. And she's like, Oh, you make dresses. And I said, yeah. And she's like, well, come here, I'll show you how mine is made. And she like basically just started like pulling her dress up to show me like the layers and how things were done. And I was like, this is fucking rad. And, um, and she goes, "You're gonna have to have your fairies come and help you." And and Steve just leans over and goes, "She has a lot of fairies." <laughs> and Ariel just went, just, she just went like that.
0: <laughs> why? Why did you miss the perfect uh, timing to be able to go? Oh well, I have two of my favorites right here.
1: Oh no, I said I said something about how um, I had my two queens with me later.
0: Oh, so oh. I, I did.
1: I did say I did say two queens later, not the fairies, but I said queens.
0: Okay, so. OK, I didn't
1: I didn't waste I didn't totally waste an opportunity.
0: OK, good, good. I would be very disappointed in you if you would have wasted a comedic opportunity.
1: Oh, no, no, girl. You know me. I, I'm always my comedic timing is pretty good.
0: OK, good, good. Um, speaking of comedy, you know, it's has it's been a while since we've done a show. I never got to talk about the uh, Rocky show that happened here on 420 that Barry Boswick was here.
1: Oh yeah! Tell me all about it. It was
0: uh, it was uh, it was good. I mean, uh, the show itself was was great and uh, great audience and people had a good time. I think and Barry was a fucking pro and it was a really it was just such an honor to be able to share the stage with him. Like like it's so surreal. Like you, you guys know I've done Rocky Horror like on and off since you know the the god they bulldozed the cinema it was originally at. It's like a, bar- a parking lot for the Best Buy now. Uh, 1998, I've been doing it on and off in Sacramento, San Francisco. you're old. San Jose. Yeah, because I'm old. Um, but, um, you know, to be able to, like, get to kind of do a performance of sorts on stage with one of the actors that was in the movie is kind of like, where do you go from here? There's nowhere. <laughs> there's, there's I no- mean, I
1: performed, I performed in front of Barry Boswick one time.
0: That's awesome So I get it Yeah Yeah,
1: Like we did the We did the Peaches Christ uh, Pre-show
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah And then I performed uh, I didn't perform in front of her But I did get to meet Patricia Quinn and like actually, like kind of work with her a little bit, so that was kind of cool.
0: That is awesome. Um, the one part I haven't like talked a lot about is that um, after the pre-show was all done, and Barry did a great job, and I kind of handled the Q and A, and everything was really funny. Um, we he went back kind of up to where the the holding area was for him upstairs, where he could you know be away from people and take a break. And I kind of went in there just to say, hey, thanks, you know, um, you did you did, you were fantastic to work with, and I really enjoyed. And we ended up having like a 30 minute conversation on like just oh wow yeah just like random stuff and you know uh one thing he was very complimentary he was very complimentary for my hosting style because he'd actually complimented me on stage and I kind of was like oh well you know he's he's being nice this is what he says to everybody but he actually asked me backstage like do you do stand up comedy and i was like no not really and and uh you know cuz he was he was complimenting some of the things i was doing when hosting and he was kind of like why don't why don't you do that and you know there's a part of me that wanted to quip like Dude, if you knew how much I made at my day job, I would. <laughs> which, yeah. Which all these consider all truth all is isn't that much. I don't make that much money. But, I mean, like, it's secure. The day job that I have is a nice Monday through fi- Friday, 9 to 5 type of thing. It's got that security. Uh, life as a stand-up comic is very volatile. I have a lot of respect for people who can do that full-time. And I, I just don't know if that's for me. It's the same reason I didn't get, get into, like, broadcasting after school. So, but... Well, just to like, you know, get that kind of compliment from somebody who's, you know, so accomplished and, and all that stuff was just which is awesome. And he's I, I, I love my Uncle Barry. What can I say?
1: Who doesn't love Uncle Barry? He's the best. He's he the is. best creepy uncle ever. Yes,
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, gosh, I think I think. Oh, no, I have one more topic and then we can get into news. So, uh, unless you have something else you want to share about your past couple weeks. no.
1: Someone just rang my fucking doorbell again. Why like, do people ring my doorbell when I'm recording this podcast?
0: What is it about this podcast and people ding dong ditching you?
1: I don't know. I think it's my drunk neighbor again, though. I don't know. Maybe it's the mail. Who really?
0: Knows? Okay. They ring your doorbell when they drop off the mail?
1: If it's like a package.
0: Oh, to yeah. To let yeah, us yeah. know that it's outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you order everything from Amazon and all those delivery services, right?
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't go to the store if I don't have to.
0: Yeah. Who wants to interact with people? <laughs> Anyway, Fuck that. Um, so I was I I was bullied during my lunch today, like true story. Oh hell no. Okay, so I went to a park on my lunch because sometimes I like to take a walk on my lunch, and I have been known to play cell phone games while on my lunch. Right, like I will do the Pokemon thing. And this week, bitch, you can't make fun of me because I know you're doing that Harry Potter shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but that's like a tap-tap game. That's not like I'm going to go out and hunt invisible Pokemon.
0: Well – actually, so i wasn 't actually playing Pokemon. I was playing the other game, which maybe is even worse. I was playing Ingress, which is from the same company and it 's what they did before they did pokemon it 's hipster pokemon i 'll just leave it at that all right. I was playing hipster Pokemon okay. Go, so I was playing that around the park and then I noticed like these like construction dudes or something they 're having lunch, and one of them was kind of going there 's a Charizard over there her, 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 her. there 's Charizard." And I'm like, I could not be bothered. I did not look up. I did not look, look over. These gentlemen were not worthy of one second of my time. So I continued doing my thing, which is basically like I'm kind of walking in this giant circle. Like I say, I say like a circle, but it's like I'm talking like a lap around the entire parking lot, basically hitting all these different little you know, game objectives as I'm walking around the park. And as I get on my next lap, one of the guys kind of starts standing up and starts staring at his phone and, and like kind of mimicking what I'm doing. But again, I'm not going to give these guys any fucking attention. So I'm like, can't be bothered. I keep doing what I'm doing. So I do a second lap around the thing because this is my exercise. And then I come up for a third lap and the guy comes up again and is tapping the thing. And so at this point, I kind of look up out of my peripheral vision and I notice one of his other bros is filming with his iPhone. So they're filming me walking around while this other guy is like mocking me or whatever. So... I just kind of looked at the guy, and I, or no, I looked at the guy with his phone, and I'm like, you having fun? And he's like, oh, you're out here playing Pokemon? And I look at the other friend, I'm like, you making a movie? You having fun making a movie? You enjoying your movie? And the guy kind of like, hur, hur, you're doing the Pokemon. And I'm like, actually, I'm not playing Pokemon. It looks like your ignorance knows no bounds. Then <laughs> I look at the other one, <laughs> and I, I say something about um, – Uh, You know, about hope you're enjoying your dumb movie or something like that. And then just by a stroke of luck, this woman is like over in the, you know, kind of in like the little gazebo area. And I call her the potty mouth old lady because she's a potty mouth old lady that plays Pokemon Go and she's obsessed with it. Like, you think I'm bad, girl? Potty Mouth is obsessed with Pokemon Go. And so <laughs> yeah. she sees me and she's like, hey, it's the guy that plays the other game. How are you doing? And I'm like, oh, hi, I'm good. Are I'm like, I'm just talking to these people who are bullying me for playing this game. And she's like... Don't let them bother you. They're stupid. And I'm like, um, you know, I'm like, oh, honey, I've handled my share of bullies in my day. I could give a fuck what they think. And, she, and they go, her, her, Pokemon, her, her. And she's like, we all fucking play Pokemon. Shut up. And that finally kind of <laughs> <laughs> shut them up. And then they kind of got in their car and left. So anyway, you might see this video show up on YouTube or something at some point. Like, you know, old pudgy man playing uh, Pokemon Go at the park. But you know what? A, it wasn't Pokemon Go at that moment. B, I can't be bothered. Like, like seriously, yeah, these, fuck. Uh, these guys were not, like, 20 years old. Like, first off, you have no right to tease me if you're, like, 55 and rocking a mullet. Okay? You have, you have no grounds to be teasing me.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, anyway. <sighs> that, was, that was my afternoon lunch. Lunchtime bullying. It was fun.
1: People are dicks. Do you mean to go kill them?
0: Yes, I do. <laughs>
1: okay, I'll come up there. I'm really good at hiding bodies and cleaning up murder scenes, so I'll make it look like an accident.
0: I don't, you know, honestly though, I didn't particularly care about the whole thing. Like there, there's this part of me that was like, "Her, her. If you think Pokemon's nerdy, you should hear my podcasts." You know, like, <laughs> but, but it's like, who, who, do the, who the fuck do these guys think they are? And at the other token, you know, like, again, I've been bullied a lot when I was growing up. And one thing I've kind of learned is that I don't owe anybody attention or time. And, like, when it comes to these guys, I don't, I don't owe them anything. I don't owe them a reaction no, for their movie. I don't owe them shock and awe. I don't owe them shit. <laughs> I hope You don't. They... You don't owe anybody shit. You owe me shit, but that's it. Yeah, but that's different. That's different because I heart you. But these guys, they can go fuck themselves. Anyway, so that was my story. I, I kind of hope I run into him again.
1: Yeah, you should, like, West Side Story, try to rumble them, just like...
0: I know, right? Like, her, hurts it's the guys filming Pokemon people, Her, her.
1: Right? Like, at least... I mean, like, you might be playing Pokemon Go, but at least you're not, like, pathetic to the point where, like, you have to film people to make fun of them for playing Pokemon Go. Like, that's just even... That's just worse. Right?
0: Like, I like, just... I couldn't even understand like where this was getting cool points, so
1: right like oh my god you're so cool. It's like whenever um whenever I'm driving and like somebody in a giant like lifted truck with huge fucking tires and shit like try to speed past me because I have the audacity to be going eighty in a sixty five because that's not fast enough for them. I always just go oh my god your dick is so huge, oh my god I think I'm pregnant now, oh my god like. Really? Go fuck yourself. I, I, I've
0: douche. always I've always enjoyed the reaction, nice car, shame about your tiny dick.
1: Yeah. My favorite thing to do when people are like road raging me and like tailgating me and then they pull over to the side to like flip me off or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just look over them at them and I wave and then I blow them a kiss. I'm just waving. Hi, hello. <laughs> hi. I'm not gonna succumb to your your rage and your you being a dick. Like, nope, hi, you have a nice day. Bye. See you later. <laughs>
0: like You know, this whole thing. Okay, I have one more story because this whole thing reminds me of one more incident, and then we'll move on. So speaking of, like, bullies and, like, like these, like, total straight alpha male dude bros trying to look cool that are impressing nobody. So back when I did go to the movies regularly, I went and saw a movie called The Grudge. Did you ever see The Grudge?
1: I never saw The Grudge, but I know of it because it came out shortly after The Ring did.
0: Right, and it was Sarah Michelle Gellar, which, you know, mm-hmm. Buffy, I know you follow all that stuff. So... We went and saw The Grudge in the theater on opening night, and it was a full fucking theater, right? Like, it was packed full of people. Well, during the finale of the movie, which is, you know, your typical horror movie trope, scary moment type of stuff going on, suddenly this dude bro in the back starts going, Rrrr! Rrrr, my God, it's so scary! her And, like, making, like, all these noises through the whole thing. So finally, after, like, hearing, like, probably two minutes of that, something about my rocky horror upbringing just kind of kicked in and i just turned around and shouted at the top of my lungs and you know i've got a loud voice right i just shouted mm-hmm. without missing a beat will the man with the tiny penis in the back row please shut the fuck up <laughs> and the entire theater i shit you not i'm not making this the entire theater applauded and started like cackling and like <laughs> you could hear the girl in the back row that he'd brought going ah! <laughs> and so that was like like at that moment and so like my friends that were with me well like I was I was like the coolest guy in the room that day because I bullied the bully and that's how bullies should be yeah. dealt with. Like I know I know it's always one of those things like oh just turn the other cheek and oh you know just no bully the bullies. Sometimes you got to speak their language. You're smarter than they are. Yeah. Anyway, that's my story. I didn't mean to take up 15 minutes of stories of bullying, but.
1: No, it's fine. <laughs> Bullying's is a very important thing to be talking about.
0: How, do we, how about we do some news stories? Let's talk about what's yes, been going
1: on. Yeah, it's
0: new. Yay. Why don't you start tonight? What do you want to talk about?
1: What? I'm start? Oh, because I don't know what he's talking about. It's a surprise for me today.
0: Yes. We're... He knows
1: what I'm talking about, but I don't know what he's talking about. I so think he like, do. does switch? a show
0: role, but he was too lazy to do it. Yeah, well, you know, story of my life. Yeah, well. You could have done while I was in the shower, you lazy bitch. Um, <laughs> I had a really important but, nap to take.
1: Um. Okay. Well, speaking of. Okay, the, we need to kind of tie the bullying thing into. Well, I guess both of my stories. I guess, but. Um. The first one. uh, did you hear? Were you ever? A, were you ever a boy scout?
0: Actually, I was a Cub Scout.
1: Oh, little Rob and his little kerchief and his little
0: shorts Yeah, I was a Cub Scout And you know that my mom took me out of the troop And I was actually kind of upset about it Because my favorite part was I got to build the little car that would race And I like that stuff I like the little like race yeah. car and the boats And all that shit that they do But my mom ended up pulling me out of the troop And she told me later in life why she did it <laughs> Are you ready for this? Why? I miss my mom so much uh she said, I pulled you out of Boy Scouts because all those other kids were such little assholes. <laughs> 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 and like okay. thinking back on it, she was right. Cause who those kids grew up to be in high school, they were they were little assholes, let me tell you.
1: Yeah. Well, I was a Girl Scout. Um, oh, good for you. And yeah, I was a Girl Scout. Um I was, like, the cookie kid, so, like, my dad would always take my my Girl Scout cookie order sheets to to work, and I would always end up getting, like, all the things because my dad would, like – my dad was a big old stoner, so he sold my Girl Scout cookies to all his stoner friends, so, like (laughs) – before the Girl Scouts were getting smart and setting up outside
0: dispensaries, before dispensaries were a thing, which my I've, pothead father— I love that story. I love that little girls are getting smart in doing that. Like, it's fucking that's life, That's
1: entrepreneurial spirit. It is. Da- like, goddammit, that's so good. It is. But, like, my dad would—you know, he would muscle up to his fucking pothead friends and sell my fucking Girl Scout cookies to them because my dad was a bookie and probably a drug dealer on the side. Um, like— it was some shit, but the um, the Boy Scouts announced. I think it was today that they are going to be dropping the boy in front of Boy Scouts and just be, call- be called um, Scouts BSA, which is kind of kind of awesome. And they're going to start including girls into the into their ranks. So if girls are not into the whole. Model of the Girl Scouts and want to be able to do what the boys are doing. They can do that now.
0: Can I, can, since, since I'm the Debbie Downer today, can I ask a tough question about this? Yeah, Are they having to do this because at some point the courts said that transgender boys should be allowed to join Boy Scouts? And so
1: I I mean, I think that's probably part of it.
0: Well, and and the thing is, and and I want to I want to be clear. My I am very much of the opinion, as as any decent person should be, that transgender men are men. However, I just feel like there's probably, you know, based on the track record and history of Boy Scouts, which is not so LGBT friendly, folks, is that is that um, that they're like, well, if we have to accept the transgender kids, then we might as well just accept the girls, cause they're girls. Her. and yeah. that's what I'm worried about. That's the only thing that worries um, me in this whole thing.
1: And the whole biggest, the whole, the whole controversy—well, controversy. But the whole, like, there's a thing behind it where the Girl Scouts aren't changing. They're going to be the Girl Scouts. They are the Girl Scouts, and that's it. Um,
0: but the Girl so Scouts, whole... the Girl Scouts, never had a problem with transgender girls. No, they the Girl always, Scouts have always, yeah, have
1: always, um... They've
0: always been super cool.
1: Yeah. It, yeah, I, I mean, I've always been proud to be a Girl Scout, like, to have been a former Girl Scout. I still remember the Girl Scout pledge. You know, I still, I still talk to one of my very best friends from Girl Scouts. Like, we're friends on Facebook now, and, like, oh, we talk regularly. That's cute. Um, yeah, and it was funny, because, like, when we were kids, they would always confuse us, because we were both, like, chubby girls with heavy bangs and glasses. <laughs>
0: Was, wasn't everybody in the 80s though <laughs> uh 90s bitch or, sorry i'm thinking late 80s early 90s fine
1: mid 90s
0: <laughs> whatever
1: Being older than i am you cunt <laughs> um but um i don't know i think it's pretty cool because like the boy scouts have like you said have had like this treacherous past and yeah they you know for the most part they they do really good work. It's just like you know the Girl Scouts, but they do have the they do have an air of exclusion mm-hmm. about them. Which, you know if, and
0: it's it, if this is them turning over a new leaf, then hooray, I'm all forward for it. you know people you know organizations that are hundreds of years old can change when the right people get in there and change it. Just you know, pardon my skepticism based on you know what aren't really that you know, they They are fairly recent events, right,
1: yeah, I mean, for the most part, yeah,
0: yeah, so that's that's the only reason why I'm a little iffy on the 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 boy scout thing, but i I think it's cool that they're at least opening it up to to everybody, and you know girls that want to get in there and race cars and and do the boats and the camping and you know all that i don't even I don't even know what all the scouts do, you know. One of my really good friends in high school went the full way. Like, he, we weren't in the same troop, so my mom didn't view him as one of the little assholes. He went all the way to, like, the Eagle Scout and did all that stuff. And, like, you know what? When you, To, to the, the scouting program's credit, when you do the Eagle Scout stuff, like, you do a lot of, like, awesome community service stuff. And I think that puts a lot of good morals in people, like, at an early age. And as far as, like, all the other stuff we talked about go, like, I think a lot – can kind of happen at the local level so like even if the national board of scouting is being you know dick bags or whatever about certain things like at the local level if the message message is good then scouting can be good you know what i mean
1: yeah for sure i mean you know it's you can't like as the whole on a on the whole like yeah okay there are errors of like exclusion and things like that but i'm sure like at the individual troop level level i'm sure there are troops that have allowed transgendered boys in or had even allowed girls in i mean shit when i was a girl scout um our troop leader was one of the girls dad and her brother would always be at the meetings and he would always you know do the things with us so he was basically an honorary girl scout
0: oh that's Um, awesome
1: yeah my friend my friend trevor i've been friends with him since kindergarten um but um I don't know. I think it's, I just think it's great. And I really do hope it's for, it's for the good reasons and it's not for, you know, just because they're like, oh, fine, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, I really hope it's for like positive. And they say, as we enter a new era for our organization, it's important that all youth can see themselves in scouting in every way possible. Um, said the chief scout
0: executive for the boy Scouts. So that's, that's I don't know. And it's like, that's a nice statement.
1: Yeah, and it says um, the name change accompanies a new advertising campaign called "Scout Me In" that puts girls front and center. In October, the Boy Scouts group announced it would allow girls to join the Cub Scouts program. So you know they're slowly but surely becoming woke. I should you know if we're <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna stick with like popular you know popular nomenclature, just they're they're becoming woke, which is very very nice.
0: All right. All right. Well, you know, if this is if this is the new start for the Scouts, then I'm all for it. But I got my eye on you. Right. We'll be watching you Boy Scouts. Don't be don't be dickbags
1: about this. Don't be dickbags.
0: Okay. well, moving on from Boy Scouts or just Scout Scouts, as it is now, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the ladies and the WNBA. Have you ever watched a WNBA game? Ms. Of Aria course Mark. not. <laughs> really, I like the WNBA. They used to be here in Sacramento, and then they weren't, and that's part of the reason why the Kings, I think, as a franchise, really went downhill until they built that new arena. Blah blah blah. But I, they were supposed to bring the WNBA back at some point, and they didn't. You know why I like the WNBA? The basketball. Why? The basketball's is just as good. Some of those women are fierce on the court. Uh, I think so. The basketball is just as good. The tickets are cheaper. The tickets are way cheaper because, you know, it's not that same star power for whatever reason, even though, you know, these women are talented and so forth. And lastly, and most importantly, I love how much the lesbians get into it. <laughs> like, if you go to a WNBA game, you're going to see a lot of lesbians that are into it. And I love it. I love it. So you should, you should really go sometime.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't like basketball, though.
0: Oh, it's, I don't know. Basketball is one of those things, like, well, I feel like basketball, like I do like most sports, they're all more fun in person. Like, when you go, like, I don't I don't know if I'd watch a lot of WNBA games on TV, but I definitely watch them in person. So that's kind of what does it for me. Anyway, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, if you do want to watch WNBA games on TV, you can sort of do that because it's coming to Twitter. That's right, the WNBA is coming to Twitter. Uh, Twitter will be covering WNBA games uh, starting May 20th. There's going to be a four-game coverage starting at 1 o'clock Eastern on the 20th, and then they're going to stream games every Tuesday until the season finale on August 19th. They won't be streaming every game, but they'll be streaming 20 different games. Um, So if, for whatever reason, the game you want isn't on Twitter, you still have, you know, NBA's app, uh, the ESPN app, and ESPN2 is where the WNBA goes. I guess for whatever reason, they don't get to show up on ESPN1. They get relegated to the DOS. Uh, but that's a whole other discussion, I suppose. Um, so anyway, sports on Twitter. And I, don't, I know you're not quite the Twitter user I am, uh, Victoria, but uh, it, I actually... I don't get where the sports broadcasts like really fit into Twitter. Like I actually get really annoyed when I log into Twitter on a desktop and then the auto video starts playing of like a football game or even with a WNBA game, because I'm not going to Twitter to watch fucking sports. I'm going to Twitter to tweet. Yeah. I don't don't need that video slowing the site down, but I guess they're all about like, Oh, well we want people to discuss the games. And so, you know, all the social media, hashtag, trending all that garbage that comes with social media stuff and I just I don't know I just don't get it yeah me neither I mean
1: even when I was super before the Chargers left San Diego when I was still super into it you know I would I would blow up Facebook because football is life but um I don't know just basketball my problem with basketball is I don't care for any type of game where the sports can get up into the hundreds unless that shit is quidditch (laughs)
0: All right, fair enough.
1: Because, I mean, the quaffle's worth 10 points each, so you score 10 times, it's 100 points, and then the snitch is worth 150 points, so there you go, you're up in the hundreds already. But, you know, like, basketball, the the, the freaking score could be, like, 136 to 92. Like, that's ridiculous. I've seen basketball games, like, you know, in sports bars and shit like that, And it just doesn't look like there's any, and I know there's a lot of skill there. I know there is. But just like from looking at them playing it, it doesn't look like there's any sort of like offense and defense. Like I'm watching two, I'm watching guys run up and down a court and throw a ball in a hoop. Like, I don't know.
0: It's not an easy thing to do though, girl.
1: Oh, I know it's not. I know it's not. And I'm, but it just like, I don't know. Like I want to, I want to see it. I don't want to. I want to see the I want to see the the game happen. I don't want to sit here and, you know, be like, oh, I'm just going to watch them run up and down the court I like, like when the they basketball.
0: Go, I like when they go flying through the air and stuff, though, and do the shots like from way. I mean, because, you know, it's a tiny little hoop and a big old ball. So when they do that from like all the way downtown, you know, like I, I kind of I'm impressed by it. I don't know. I'm sorry. The only basketball game I ever gave a shit about was the fucking Looney Tunes versus the
1: Monstars <laughs> in Space Jam. OK, <laughs> it is the only basketball game that matters in the world. Period. End of story. Enough said.
0: Space Jam is her only jam.
1: Come on and jam. Welcome to the jam. Um, Let's come on and slam. Welcome to the jam. Excuse me. I got the lyrics wrong.
0: Since you brought up the Chargers, um, and I know that whole thing really irked you and ruffled I want to your- talk about it. I know it ruffled you panties severely, but wait, I have a question. It's important because recent. What do you feel about this whole proposal to build a new stadium in San Diego with the intent to lure a football team?
1: Build a new stadium? Bring the fucking Chargers back.
0: Hopefully like, I would have, they're not doing well in LA, right?
1: No, they're not. And like, okay, so you know it's really stupid and don't I'm Uh-oh. not gonna take up too much time with this because I can sit here and talk about this for fucking hours. I got her but, going.
0: It's my fault. She said don't do it. I did it. I went there, my bad, but go ahead, go. Okay,
1: so my biggest problem with with this is like, yes, the Qualcomm Stadium was very, very old. It's basically I mean, compared to like Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, um, where the where the Niners play, like it's fucking they're basically playing in the equivalent of like the Coliseum in Rome where it's just like super old and dilapidated. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's all concrete and it's just, it's not good. Um And, but now they're sharing a tiny ass fucking stadium with the Rams for one. The stadium only holds like 20,000 people, which compared to like Qualcomm stadium that held, held like 80,000 people. Like, Really? Really? And then they were trying to get a stadium in San Diego for so long, but Dean Spanos is a fucking greedy, money-grubbing prick, and I hate him. Um, and he wouldn't, like, they wouldn't do it. He would not budge. And it's just it's just so fucking stupid. And I'm like, you know what? They're not doing well. This is what happens. And, you know, I casually keep an eye on them just to see what's happening, but, like, the team is going
0: down like a sinking fucking ship. Um, you have to keep an eye so you still have that feel to... Fan your flames of hate
1: Yeah and it's like you know I keep an eye on it Because it's something that my dad was my dad really loved, and so it's kind Of like that one small tie I still have to him Um, And you know I keep An eye on it just to kind of be like okay let's see how the Chargers did and I Don't get my hopes up anymore you know there was the longest Times where we were like so close like I was At the game uh, I was at a game once that qualified Us into um, Like for the the game before the Super Bowl. So I remember like the energy and just being at Qualcomm and feeling like the love of like all the San Diego fans. Um and like I just don't feel that anymore. Like everyone's just kinda like Ugh
0: really like ugh, I don't know. Everybody would feel ugh after that drive up from San Diego to LA. There apparently there's like a bus that you can
1: take because mm. I have family friends that like take the fucking Charger bus to Carson. Fuck the bus. Right? Fuck your bus. Like, no. I don't know. And it's like, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating. I don't know. It's making me sad. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What what would you like to talk about? Do you have something else to bring to the table here?
1: I do. Um, Well, now we're talking about depressing things. It's just Jesus Christ. Uh, Do you watch Handmaid's Tale?
0: I don't and I know I should. You really should. You really, really should.
1: Um, I mean, I don't really have any news about Handmaid's Tale other than it's back. I just really wanted to talk about it because I love it so much. Fair enough. Um, but, like, I made it a point to read the book before the show started. And, honestly, like, if you're not watching it, you really should be. It's 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 a book. The book was written in the 80s. And, you know, Mar- Margaret Atwood is not an easy author to read, um it took me it took me about twice as long as it normally probably would have if I just powered through it, but I had to just i had to keep stopping because it was just getting to be too much and too overwhelming but it's very poignant in especially in the, these troubling times that we're living in politically and you know with all the things that are going on with like social issues and things like that it's it's a very poignant book to read and a very like poignant show to 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 watch. And they do a really good job of like keeping to the book and like what happened in the book. So basically the first season is the first is, the, is the book, the first, the only book. Um, and the second season, it's kind of like uncharted territories, but the authors are working with Margaret Atwood to um, like, to try to like continue the story the way that she would have seen it had she written a second book. Um, and it's one of those shows that you don't want to sit down and binge watch Because it's just, it's so difficult to get through it sometimes. Like some of the things, like there, I know there's a scene in the third episode of the first season that I have to, every time I rewatch the show, I have to skip it because I can't, I can't sit through it again.
0: Because you're really, you're not selling this show very well.
1: (laughs) You're like, no, I mean, but I mean, like it's, I can't sit through it again because it's difficult to watch, but it's difficult to watch in a good way. Like it's, it's, it's so good. It's so good and so just like socially scary. Yeah. It's, you know, especially, especially as a woman and like, like, and it does have a lot of, um, a lot to do with like gay rights too, because Mm -hmm. there are gay characters and things like that and how they have to hide or how they have to, or like what's been happening to them since this whole crazy, you know, religious uprising happens. Um, so yeah, the new season started last week, um, and they released two episodes last Wednesday and then they released the other one today. Um, and I watched it this morning cause I woke up ridiculously early. So I watched it and it was just, it was tense. It was, oh, it was so good. I mean, I don't really have a point to the story other than how much I love this show and how much everybody should watch it how much and long- like how important it is.
0: How much longer is it going for? How many episodes are there? Uh it's usually I think it's like 10 episodes a season. Do you find that even though there's no source material for the second season? I, mean, I know you said they're still kind of working with her, but do you find that it's still like it still kind of flows the sta- same, it still feels like a part of the same show? Cuz you know how like uh, sometimes like if there's no more source material it can kind of go off the rails.
1: Yeah, I don't mean. No, I think it's I think they do a very good job of like tying it in with everything that's already happened and the story that they've been telling. Um Excuse me. They do a really good job of, um, you know, okay, okay, this is these are the these are the possible paths we could have taken. Right. um, With this, because the book, the book ends very abruptly and it's just it just ends. And you're like, what the like, I remember when I read it, um, when the book just ended the way it did, I skipped forward a couple of pages to be like, wait, what the fuck? Like, am I missing pages? Is this? Oh, my God because it's all told in first person and it's all told as it's happening. And so um, the show ended the way the book did and, uh, or that the first season ended the way the book did, excuse me. And it's, it's really nice to just having, having read the book, it's really nice to see everything that's been happening to, to her and to the entire entirety of the cast. Um I don't know. It's. I think it's I think it's a very, very important show and book uh, that I think people need to seriously consider watching or reading. Um, I recommend both of them because, I mean, it's just especially now with the times that we've that we're living in. I think it's
0: very important to, okay. to read. Why is this episode so down? <laughs> like, this is a bummer episode. I'm sorry, you guys. It's, well, it's number 13. That could be part of it. And, um, well, I don't know, like overall things are actually really good. Like I can't sit here and like, God, everything is terrible. And woe is me. Like actually things are like really good right now. But I think, you know, sometimes in life you got some downers and you you come up from it, you know? Yeah. I'm still, I'm still kind of adjusting
1: after my grandma passing. So sure. I'm dealing with that.
0: I understand. So, yeah. I, sorry guys. No, it's all good. You got to take your time, girl. You got to just don't forget to eat.
1: No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about dinner right now, actually. So. Okay,
0: good, good. All right, uh, you should think about dinner in a movie. And actually, funny enough, I, I picked this story, and, and it kind of ties into something you were just Facebooking about earlier. So oh. it, it has to do a movie pass. Oh, yeah, I just got that today. So, movie, okay, how are you liking movie pass so far? Because honestly, this company sounds like a goddamn mess. Now, I've never been interested in movie pass because I just don't go to the movies enough, right? Like, I know it's expensive to pay, like, What what is it like? Eleven bucks to go to the movie, but like if I'm never going, like why would I buy movie pass?
1: Sure, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, I literally had it for a couple hours, and I can't use it until I get my my card. So
0: I'd be curious what the listeners think; those that are actually using movie pass, because honestly, this company sounds like a fucking mess. And let me explain why. Okay, so I guess last month movie pass was selling for thirty bucks a three month plan, but it came with iHeartRadio Premium just you know kind of like thrown in because that's that's what the these guys do sometimes you know you like like, like it's like you get a T-Mobile phone they throw in Netflix right that whole thing mm-hmm. so they throw in the iHeartRadio which by the way shaking and crying is available on iHeartRadio so I'm not going to use this opportunity to talk bad about them wink uh anyway but this whole plan so it was 30 bucks but it was limited to just 4 movies a month which honestly for me is plenty fuck that's a movie a week that's plenty but apparently, some people were pissed because they were like, uh-uh, unlimited means unlimited, so you can't you know, limit it to four movies a month. So they wanted to know when the other plan, the one movie every day plan was going to come back. So at one point, the CEO, Mitch Lowe, in an interview with the Hollywood reporter said, I don't know. And that was last week. Well, now, this week, it just came back. He, and, and this was the excuse. So they said they didn't want people to ignore the iHeartRadio promotion. It's marketing 101 in an interview of Variety. We want to focus everybody on this partnership promotion. If people knew the movie a day plan was coming back, they might not be interested in the iHeartRadio deal. Like, mm-hmm. that, that sounds fucking shady. Like, right. Doesn't that, sound, that doesn't sound like we're focusing on this. Focus means you get a billboard. It's the first thing on the website. And then in the little text, it says, click here for what you really want. Like that whole type of thing. Yeah. Also, we don't know how this company is making money. Uh, this company said that they lost $150.8 million. And that's because they, fa- they pay full price for the movie tickets that the subscribers are getting for $10 a month. But again, the CEO says, we have a constantly evolving business model. We're getting more and more occasional moviegoers and cutting back on fraud and abuse. Because I guess what some people were doing was doing this whole, like, they would get a ticket for, say, I don't know, like, uh, Avengers or something. And they would sell that ticket in front of the theater, even though they they aren't really going to go see it. Does that make sense?
1: Or they would get the, uh, get the ticket and then tell them that... Oh, hey! I wasn't able to do it, and then get like a gift card from AMC or whatever it is for the price of the ticket. That way, they can use that towards concessions.
0: And see, that's the stuff. they Then they just need to figure out how to stop. Like, if you have a movie pass and you use it to see a movie, then you should have to have your phone with the movie pass ticket, and it should be your name and stuff. And then th- they could just stop that. Like, I'm not a CEO of a fucking company, but I can figure some of this basic shit out. Like, what is yeah, the right? problem? Well, this is why I guess Movie Pass ended the whole like uh, they did like a they said once you see a movie once you can't see it again they did that at some point and then they had to reinstate that policy because again some people were very upset about that whole thing so mm-hmm. this movie pass makes it very easy to see the same movie in the theater 30 times if you want uh until they ended that policy so anyway I, this, this company is somehow still going, saying that there are more plans on the way with couples packages and 3D and IMAX movies apparently to be involved at some point as well. Uh, I, clearly, they're violating your privacy and selling that somehow. I mean, I know we had a story in a prior episode about could they be watching your GPS about how you're going to the movies and back. But ain't, ain't nothing for free. So, oh I know, right? These guys are going to have to make their money somehow and it's not like I I really just don't know like how they're and I I don't even do business and I'm looking at that going there's so much broken here. Like Oh, I know. It's not that hard to force people to have their phone and and if you don't have a smartphone then I guess I don't know, you don't have movie pass. Like I I don't know or a barcode or something that has to be you. Then, like, the theater can ID you if they want. Like, that's what they do with Disneyland now, right? Because they had people selling Disney passes. Like, you'd get a 3 Yeah, so park. now
1: basically any ticket that you have, you have to they take your picture.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, would you be opposed to MoviePass taking your picture so they know it's you?
1: I mean, if I get to upload the picture myself and choose
0: which one it is. <laughs> as, long, as long as you don't get a DMV picture in there.
1: Yeah, where I'm half closed, my eyes are half closed because I blinked during when they flashed the flash
0: at me. (laughs) I got you, I got you. Well, you'll have to keep up with that movie pass and let me know how you like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know plenty of people who you know
0: have it and love it. So, oh, I'm sure. um, I'm I'm not knocking movie pass. I mean, for those that go to the movies more frequently than I do, it sounds like a fucking steal. But that's that's the whole thing. It is. It's. It's. This company's not making money. (laughs) Nothing this good's gonna last forever. Yeah,
1: I know. I I don't understand how they're how they're still in business. Quite frankly.
0: Uh, anyway, well, we want to encourage you to follow us on social media. We're available on Twitter at Shaking Crying. There's no extra word in there, but over on uh, Instagram, we are shaking and crying. We didn't get a lot of tweets this week, but we did hear from Ninja Bunny, who uh, said the fragile ego crack had me rolling. It's been so long now, I don't even remember what that was about, but I have a feeling it was probably somebody's ex.
1: (laughs) Probably. I don't even know, man. I'm like, what the fragile ego? I don't remember.
0: Uh, And then uh, Sia Tabiri sent us a tweet that says, you know, Rob, my or my Twitter handle at Sky, you know Sky isn't going to Dragcon because he's to quote the sassy gay friend, a stupid bitch. Lovingly Oh my
1: god. Speaking of Dragcon, hold on. Pause. Lovingly. Yes, um, I, I, I don't mean to cut yep. you off during the tweets,
0: but Go apparently
1: I just saw this while we were recording the show and I shared it on my own Facebook because like, oh my God. <laughs> um apparently the runway at Dragcon Is calling all cosplayers They want We want you Saturday May 12th Meeting time 445 at the runway Live the fantasy And show off your best cosplay on our runway stage During our Gamer Play Live event
0: Oh shit
1: I'm going to be in Elphaba that day
0: Oh shit work
1: I am so excited
0: (laughs) Just stay away from Tyra Sanchez because she's been scary About this whole thing I don't know if you've been following that drama
1: no, I have been following that drama because I'm going to DragCon, and I'm like, am, am I going to die at DragCon? Like, is this what's going to happen? Listeners, listeners, I'm going to say this now. If I die at DragCon, someone is to destroy my laptop and do not let my mother give me a Mormon funeral.
0: <laughs> All right, noted. And, and we have every right to use your death as an excuse to talk about gun control.
1: Yes, please do. Use it as a platform. Just make sure that somebody good plays me in the uh, Lifetime original movie remake of my
0: life. And don't let Rob play Abba at the funeral.
1: <laughs> no, Rob can play Abba at the funeral. Okay. That's fine.
0: <laughs> I should. Why am I laughing? This is a horrible thing to be laughing about. I guess I'm more just laughing at the fact that Tyra Sanchez just like completely. Well, and I maybe I shouldn't laugh because, you know, usually people do this because they're having some type of like. Serious mental health breakdown, and mental health isn't something you should laugh at. But like the way that Tyra Hel- uh, Tyra, Sa- Tyra Health Tyra Sanchez is kind of like lashing it. Which if y'all haven't seen, like it's just like she basically. I'm gonna make a long story short. A former winner of Drag Race is basically threatening the show because of long time disagreements. I think kind of between the two. I-, I think that's the the easiest simplest way I can put it. And like these threats are starting to like read like threats. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So yeah, she's she's a mess. Like she is spiraling really hard. And I honestly hope she gets the help that she needs yes. because
0: like clearly there's a problem here. Yes.
1: Um but like girl, but she needs girl. to
0: the, the first step would be to apologize and reassure people she is not threatening to do anything physically harmful to people that just want to have a good time on the cosplay runway. Yeah. The healing can start there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But anyway, I am jealous about all those other drag queens you will meet because there's so many uh, fantastic people that have been on that show. So send me a lot of pictures and make me jealous and uh, make me hate you more than I already do.
1: I'm gonna make a dress. Uh, I'm gonna make a sponge dress and go meet Monet Exchange.
0: <laughs> I love because she's never heard that joke before, girl.
1: Well, no, I want to make a sponge dress because I love the dress. I loved it. I thought it was cute.
0: Yeah, no, I and honestly, if you like. It's one thing to, like, hand her a sponge, but if you, like, fully commit to that art and make something out of sponges, like, she will give you a big hug and a kiss, and you will have deserved it.
1: I'm going to make – I'm making – I'm planning on making a dress. Like, I'm staying in this weekend to sew together a dress – The guy that does our ordering for work is ordering me two cases of yellow sponges with green scrubby pads on it so I can cut that shit up and glue it to my dress. This is happening. I'm committed. I
0: am so fucking excited. I can't wait to see that. And you know, Monet Exchange has a podcast with Bob the Drag Queen. So Oh, that's right. That's her baby, right? Yeah. uh, Monet is Bob's baby. Monet. I I don't think – I think Ms. Cracker is the drag daughter. I think Monet is more like the drag sister. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think that's, I don't know. Drag is session. I just can't, I can't
1: remember which one that Bob was like, that's my baby. I can't remember which one it was.
0: But, um, Monet, and I might, not, I might not be right, but Monet and Bob, they have a podcast and it is, it is, it is pretty good. So be sure to network girl. If Monet likes your, uh, dress, get her on this show to promote the other one. Cause I'd love to. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. That'd be,
1: that'd be amazing.
0: Be fun. All right. Anyway. Uh, I think that's going to do it unless we had any Instagram stuff.
1: No, I haven't I've been failing at the Instagram thing. Sorry y'all.
0: That's okay. You have to post pictures of your dresses in progress. That's a very important thing yeah, to Yeah,
1: I will definitely do that. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. Uh, well, then that's going to do it. That brings us to the end of another episode of Shaking and Crying. Thank you for us uh, still being here, even though we've been a little bit unpredictable with our releases. But uh, you know what? We're just going to Beyonce this shit. It's just going to be like one day it's just going to show up that's and right. be there. And it's like, oh,
1: amazing. These are so just we're little... just trying to be like Beyonce, folks. Yeah.
0: Th- there's a, every day we strive to be more like Beyonce. And these are just little little hour fun nuggets that waiting for you in your podcast browser when you when you get out of bed in the morning. So we hope you've enjoyed yeah. it. yeah. Yay. Uh, Leave us a nice review on iTunes or Google Play. Five stars helps a lot, lot, lot. And also um, social media, all the things. And I think that's all I have. So we'll see you guys next time, okay? Bye. Bye.